This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The New York Times article on Tom Sandoval, who asked for that? And who, I need to know the backstory. Did Bravo set that up? Were they, was he complaining constantly like everyone else gets all these deals and I'm not getting any deals. And so who, who started this? Who reached out? Was it his manager? I just, I I am so confused by it. So. I'm reluctant to cover it because I really don't like giving Tom any extra press. Not that I'm press. Just attention. He loves attention. All attention. Bad attention. Any attention. He loves it. However, it's like, I can't ignore it. And so I figure what I'll do is I'll stick this guy right in front of the recap for this week. So that I'm not giving additional coverage since I'm already covering Vanderpump Rules. I'm just talking this through for myself because I have some guilt. I really do try not to give him attention. And this article is attention, albeit bad, but still. So the big headline, um, actually, let me tell you who the the reporter on this one is, Irina Alexander. So I love Irina because she gave us a nice and honest and pretty savage article about Tom, uh, but not, oops, but not, um, too obviously savage. It's just, he, he basically, she gave him the rope to hang himself with basically, but this is the one that's getting all kinds of press, this little quote right here. So I'm going to read it directly from the quote. I asked Sandoval why he thought the scandal got so big. I'm not a pop culture historian, really. He said, But I witnessed the O.J. Simpson thing and George Floyd. I'm going to do it in his voice. But I witnessed the O.J. Simpson thing and George Floyd and all these big things, which is really weird to compare this to that, I think. But do you think in a weird way it's a little bit the same? George Floyd, sir? The article continues. I looked over at Riley, who was typing furiously on her phone, and that is his manager. I think I knew what he meant. He was trying to express the oddity of becoming the symbolic center of a nationwide discussion and a major news story. 
What he communicated instead was something more honest, which is just how much the experience had made him lose perspective. <laughs> I mean, you know, I we all get it. We all I'm sure we all can be like, okay, I get what you were trying to say. I get that you were not saying okay, let me actually, just to be fair, let me read what he said in his in his quote that he put on his Insta story. Let me read it. Let me read it. My intentions behind the comments I made in New York Times Magazine were to explain the level of national media attention my affair received. The comparison was inappropriate and ignorant. I'm incredibly sorry and embarrassed. You know, he had to say something. But I know behind closed doors, he's like, you know what I meant. You know what I meant, you guys. You know I fucking meant that. Like, it was all of this attention. Like, isn't that ridiculous? Because he kind of did this on um, uh, Special Forces where he was like, can you believe it at the White House? It's on CNN? Like, for real? Like, he thinks he's probably making some sort of statement like it shouldn't have been as big as that. But instead, his the fact that his brain even went there. That's the problem. And then, okay, so by the way, that's just that's just one part that's bad, but it, it's, there's so many, there's so many more parts. Okay, there's so many more parts. Quote from him. I did what I did because I was in an unhappy place in my life. God, he loves saying that, doesn't he? I got caught up in my emotions and fully fell in love. Like, for real. He sighed and drained his teacup. Then he got up, put on some upbeat music, and went upstairs to get ready for a night out. Sometimes he says too much, Riley said, and the following day he forgets what he says. Then she went upstairs to have a quick word with him. The next day, I was supposed to attend the taping of one of Sandoval's confessional interviews for the show. I was about to get in my car when I received a text from his publicist, Riley's boss, quote, he'd rather you don't attend today. He's not feeling the best. The next morning, I got a call from Baskin, Alex Baskin, the show's runner. And the day after that, a Bravo publicist rang me late on a Friday. Some of what Sandoval had said had gotten back to the had gotten back to Bravo, and everyone was concerned. What was it that he said about O.J. Simpson and George Floyd exactly? Maybe Sandoval wasn't ready for this. The Bravo publicist asked if I really needed to see Sandoval again. Could the network facilitate an interview with one of the show's other stars? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, let's just <laughs> whoever I'm just saying. I'm thinking someone at Bravo set up this interview. They're like, let's get Tom a New York Times article. Let's get Tom. They've been wanting to do an article. Let's give it to Tom. Tom can do it. That'll be good for him. Then it gets back to them what he says, and they're like, shit, shut it down. Abort, abort. We do, can we give you Schwartz? Hmm. Maybe we, would that help? No, it wouldn't. Okay. So these are. Ju I just screenshot parts of the article that I found interesting. Not interesting. Important. I guess. I don't know. Uh, there are a lot of things I'm missing. It's a long ass article. It's very long. A decade later, Sandoval, who had a boyish innocence about him. This is a decade later, meaning he, when he came to LA, they go into like what he started as and how he got on Vanderpump and all that bullshit. A decade later, Sandoval, who had a boyish innocence about him in those early seasons, <laughs> has morphed into a unique Los Angeles species. He's late to everything. 
His publicist never seems to be able to reach him, and his face has that taut sheen that celebrities get from anti-aging protocols. (laughs) He talks about his life not in years, but in seasons and episodes. Sometimes he pauses mid-sentence and stares into the middle distance like a doll whose wind-up key has jammed, until whatever ambulance, helicopter, or other sound-interfering entity has passed, and that he continues as if nothing happened, even when there are no mics or cameras on him. That's just, I just, I respect these reads. I respect the reads. And she's like, you're going to make me interview Tom Sandoval. I'm going to be fucking savage. Despite the year he had, he told me that he was really honored to be on Vanderpump. The scandal, he says, has made the show so big, it's kind of cool and crazy, even though it's negative and at my expense. See, I'm saying he loves this attention. Like, he's in awe of it. Like, he, ow, he doesn't like getting all this hate, but he certainly likes this attention. I'll tell you that much. Okay, this this goes into, uh, I don't know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. I have a, I kind of have a little bit of an issue with how this is all laid out. So I'm going to read it. Opportunities often grow directly out of a plot, out of plot lines. When Sandoval and Maddox were bartenders in love, they published a book with a co-author called Fancy AF Cocktails and were hired to mix drinks and sponsored videos for brands like Alka-Seltzer. Since their breakup, their fates have diverged. She's the betrayed woman courageously rebuilding her life while he's the villain endlessly atoning for his sins. I don't, uh, endlessly atoning? Endlessly atoning? There's no atoning. He's not atoning at all. What are you talking about? So there's that. Then it says in December, she released the new book, Single as Fuck, and scheduled events with Live Nation an evening for bad bitches to promote it. This just has a, this starts to have a tone here, okay? So playing all of this up riles the fans and keeps the machine turning. When Maddox said at BravoCon that she still hadn't gotten a meaningful apology from Sandoval and the audience erupted in applause, it reminded me of professional wrestling. You know, when the face and the heel talk smack to each other to drive crowds wild. It felt like that. Now, I don't like that either, because this is where I think maybe reality TV fans get a little, like, gatekeeping is not the right word, defensive, maybe. Like, she was answering a question. She wasn't trying to rile us up. This isn't that much of a spectacle, and especially not from Ariana. I know people are trying to say that Ariana is, like, not letting it go or whatever. I I don't agree with that necessarily. Uh, I also think it's very difficult to let something go that was so painful and lasted for so many years, et cetera. Um, but um, Tom, if anybody, Tom is the one who's dragging this on. But, like, as a victim, right? He's like, God, it won't stop. Ugh, it won't stop, everybody. Ugh. Okay, but then it goes on to say, I don't want to be fair. I want to be fair to Irina, the writer of this. Uh, She says, except that I'm pretty sure that Sandoval is not pretending. Pro wrestling has always been staged and the audience knew, knew it but didn't care. But Vanderpump is sort of the opposite. While fans on some level expect reality TV to be fake and think Sandoval as just another TV character... It's all very real to him, leaving him trapped inside these stories. I don't know if that does help anything. Uh, okay, okay. Leaving him trapped inside these storylines indefinitely. I don't know. I don't that that I, I thought that was going to maybe 
as I read it out loud, I'm like, I don't know, that still doesn't, I'm still a little mad about the way she's presenting Ariana and how she's the, she's the betrayed woman courageously rebranding her life. And she put on a book and an evening for bad bitches. And it's like a wrestling thing with her and Sandoval when she is genuinely, I feel like she's just saying yes to opportunities that come her way. And I don't really think she is intentionally branding herself in any capacity. Sandoval, yes, but not, I don't, okay, we will continue though. Uh, He says at one point, it's the first time I've ever been single as a celebrity. I'm not saying I'm a favorite celebrity, but still, just having some notoriety and being single, it's a cool muscle to flex. Okay. He also talks about uh, Ariana and the house, and he's like, it took her a while not to be spiteful about the house, meaning like she's come around and letting me stay here, but then she sued him to sell and split the proceeds. So (laughs) that didn't happen. He also mentioned, I didn't mention this, um, he's about the hate. He goes, I feel like I got more hate than Danny Masterson, and he's a convicted rapist. So, you know, yeah. Something else that's fun in here is they're discussing how Sandoval hasn't been able to capitalize on it like the way the rest of them have uh, in terms of like sponsors and brand deals and stuff. But uh, guys, this winter, Sandoval was actually hoping to do a residency at Chippendales in Las Vegas, but talks stalled. Sandoval was disappointed. He goes, I'm in really good shape right now. (laughs) It's frustrating because, you know, everybody cashed in. Everybody won on this. The cast, the execs, the network, everybody made so much money. But I try to put it on myself to make the best opportunity out of it that I can. You know, it's a very interesting time in Tom's life. You know, there to say yes to be on a reality show is a very specific thing you're saying yes to. You're you're there the pros and the cons. I don't always know if they outweigh each other because there's so many cons that come with it, right? Like your life is exposed, you're fodder for whatever, all sorts of shit. But the fact that he doesn't realize that his behavior, his actions, yes, they were on a reality show, but his own actions caused caused a ripple effect of emotion for people. Yes, the benefit was crazy because people wanted to consume all that they could of it. They wanted more, more, more. So people gave them more, more, more because you created a scandal. I... I He feels like that's the punishment. He ju- he's like, guys, see, I gave you all these things <laughs> and I don't get any of it. So like, I'm losing really. So I, you guys should feel bad for me. He thinks in terms of that for sure. Oh my God. He takes him to Tom Tom and shows him around, gives him a little tour and then, or takes her, I'm sorry, Irina, I apologize. Uh, he takes her around talking about it, and he takes her to the back by the trash cans where he says Maddox ripped his chain and split his lip the night she found out about the affair. She beat my ass, he said. Through a representative, Maddox declined to comment on the incident. She has denied tearing his necklace off in the past. I don't care if he fuck if she took that damn thing off his neck. Tear it off. Was it the lightning bolt necklace? Yeah, I'd want to tear that thing off too. Whatever. 
Baskin, though, Alex Baskin, um, who, if you don't know who Alex Baskin is by now, he run, he basically runs Evolution, Evolution Media. Baskin told me in some ways he wished Sikandaval never happened. The national attention made it harder to film the show. Mm -hmm. Production always had a few onlookers, but during season 11, paparazzi and fans were everywhere. While the show was filming in Lake Tahoe, someone snapped a photo of the cast that whipped fans into such a frenzy mm -hmm, that it became a plot line for the show. Producers used to be strict about not breaking the fourth wall, but now they have no choice but to let the outside world into the frame. It used to be that the real story was not that there are people watching a TV show, Baskin told me, but part of Tom Sandoval's real experience in life right now is that he's just, he's not just facing an ex-girlfriend or a friend group upset with him, he's facing the entire nation. I think that there, that that's totally true. For a long time, we they didn't really talk about stuff going on like that, but this at this point, you can't help it. A lot of the time, too, it's like like you said, there's paparazzi taking photos of them filming. So a lot of the time when they're filming, they don't have a bunch of stuff leaking and becoming a part of the current season. It's not until later, right? So this time, though, all this stuff online starts popping up. They're really dealing with it. It it would have been odd for them not to talk about it on the show. It really would have. And I'm glad they're, they're going to. Because it, it's like that was what was happening. The reality of this is it's now like global, for crying out loud. And then it goes, honestly, I was going to keep reading more of this, but I feel like we get the point now that I'm reading it again. Uh, she describes, she didn't see him for two weeks. Uh, and then on a Monday in December, I drove, in December, interesting, I drove to a soundstage in Burbank where he was taping his next confessional interview for the show. Riley wasn't there this time. Instead, we were joined by a Bravo publicist and Erica Fortstad. Fortstad. Tad, forced a senior NBC Universal executive. My clue that this wasn't typical was when Forstad introduced herself to St Sandoval. You once made me a wonderful mocktail at Schwartz and Sandy's, she said. Th this it's, I read it kind of drags him and it's pretty fun. I'm, I'm going to read it just for fun. Sandoval was in a small dressing room applying dabs of makeup to his forehead. In front of him were three caffeinated beverages, a Red Bull, an iced coffee, and a Dr. Pepper. He sipped each intermittently. Sandoval said he was feeling depressed. He said the same thing last time I saw him. When I asked if the depression was show-related, he had said, somewhat show-related, just life, business stuff. It's hard. Sandoval began to perform loud vocal exercises. <laughs> he applied pomade to his hair, combing it back with his fingers, and changed into a light blue woman's suit from Zara, which he said he preferred to the store menswear. The store's menswear. The suit looked good, but the sleeves barely reached his wrists. As he emerged from the dressing room, there was something about the suit's feminine cut combined with Sandoval's physique and slightly hunched posture that reminded me of Heath Ledger's Joker in the scene at the hospital where he wears a nurse's uniform. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's hard to tell about how he feels about this show. Let's see. What else do we have? Um, oh, though he had come to Los Angeles to be an actor, he was proud of what he became instead. Did he become the next Brad Pitt? No, but he didn't want to be that any anymore anyway. It turned out reality TV is where the real stakes are. Actors were just pretending playing roles. I had no respect for reality TV before, Sandoval told me. And now I don't have very much respect for actors. I'm like, y'all try doing this. <laughs> 
the last line of this, or the last paragraph that I'll read, is this part right here. Of course, he knew it wasn't going to last forever. But if he kept at it and rehabilitated his image, there could be life beyond his first show. There were brand deals to be had, as well as reality spinoffs and competition shows. Though if he was going to do another reality series, he would like it to be something more feel-good. Our shows can be toxic. To, our, sh- our show can be toxic to film, he said, and very stressful. Despite this, he was as committed to it as ever and hoped it would continue for a while. He says, as long as people are interested and we're being honest in our feels. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, not a success for rehabilitating his image. Um, no, none of it's shocking at all. And uh, put me in a bad mood all day long. I've been in a horrible mood as soon as it, ever since it came out because like all my feed becomes about that. And he's just then I had to read it. it was, Stop giving me Tom Sandoval content to consume. You know, it's bad enough having to watch having to watch him on Vanderpump. That being said, I do like making fun of him on Vanderpump. He is the one who's making the biggest fool of himself. So on that note, um, I'm going to get ready to watch and recap this week's episode. So I'm going to take a little break here and see you in a minute. In a, see, what? Ladies, did you know that one of the most common complaints from women about their sexual health is a frustratingly low libido? Our sex drives can decline, but it's also treatable. Addy, or flabenserin, is FDA approved and has been clinically proven to increase sexual desire in certain premenopausal women who are bothered by a low libido. So if you feel like you've lost your desire and you want to get it back, stop falling for the snake oils and ask your doctor about Addy today or go to Addy.com. That's A-D-D-Y-I.com. Addy is for premenopausal women with acquired generalized hypoactive sexual desire disorder, HSDD, who have not had problems with low sexual desire in the past, who have low sexual desire no matter the type of sexual activity, the situation, or the sexual partner. The low sexual desire is troubling to them and is not due to a medical or mental health problem, problems in the relationship, or medicine or other drug use. Addy is not for use in men or to enhance sexual performance. Your risk of severe low blood pressure and fainting is increased if you drink one to two standard alcoholic drinks close in time to your Addy dose. Wait at least two hours after drinking before taking Addy at bedtime. Your risk of severe low blood pressure and fainting is also increased if you take certain prescriptions, over-the-counter or herbal medications or have liver problems. Low blood pressure and fainting can happen when you take Addy even if you don't drink alcohol or take other medicines. Do not take if you are allergic to any of the ingredients in Addy. Allergic reactions may include hives, itching or trouble breathing. Sleepiness, sometimes serious, can occur. Common side effects include dizziness, nausea, tiredness, difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep, and dry mouth. See full PI and medication guide, including box warning at addy.com forward slash PI or call 844-PINK-PILL. Ask your doctor about Addy today or go to addy.com. That's A-D-D-Y-I.com. Well, I was so excited to impress the hell out of you guys and was going to record the recap of everything, the episode, Watch What Happens Live, after show, uh, last night. I was going to have this episode up last night. I was like, oh my God, they're going to be so impressed. But they didn't put the after show out until today. Do they always do that? Am I just not aware? Have I just not paid that much attention? I could have swore it came out like as the episode aired. But apparently it didn't. And honestly, if you don't watch the after show, you, you're not getting the full story. You know what I mean? So it's kind of vital viewing. So I couldn't impress you guys and have this up last night, but I tried. 
Anywho, anywho, what a shitty season. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just uncomfortable. The whole thing is not, it feels really icky. And it is really exposing Lisa Vanderbump, which I'm not surprised about at all. Before I get into all of the stuff, though, I wanted to read this really funny comment that I got on last week's episode from on YouTube. And it was just about, because, you know, Sheena had the after show thing where she's like, I've never been the queen. And they're like, really? She, this person wrote, Sheena thought the audience was going to love her for being mean to Katie and being with the fan favorites, Rachel and Schwartz, but it went so horribly wrong. And she's like, damn it, I can't catch a break. I don't, I just need to... <laughs> Sheena fully, she's like, oh my God, this is it. I'm getting married and I've got, and I'm on the fan favorite side. This is perfect. It's finally my year. Here's the thing about Sheena. She doesn't do anything like authentically from, like, this is what Sheena wants to do. I don't even think she knows how to do that, to be honest with you. Everything's very external with her. And so she was thinking like, oh, perfect, Rachel and Schwartz, they're fan favorites. Everyone hates Katie. This is perfect. As opposed to thinking like, what matters to you, Sheena? But maybe that, maybe for Sheena, she's like, I don't fucking like Katie and I want someone to date her ex-husband. Maybe that's all that she, maybe that is, maybe those are her morals. But man, she really thought she was going to have a very different season. <laughs> did not go her way. <laughs> huh. Hmm. Don't feel bad. Okay, in this episode, um, James is going to be throwing his pool party. He's all dadding out. He's going to Home Depot and Target and spending $2,000 and wondering where it all went. Um, but a little fun fact is Ariana and Katie had taken a lift the night before from See You Next Tuesday, and it was the same lift driver who drove Ariana and Tom home from Tom Tom after she found the video. This man could be selling himself for interviews. He has He's just driving his lift around. No idea that people would really want to talk to him. What else was said? What if he's like, oh, yeah, that ch the chick they called on the phone? Yeah, she said punched. You know, so they're very lucky. They're lucky this man is just not giving a shit. Because that's amazing. He didn't, He's like, he still didn't know. He's like, you were with your husband or something? I don't know. Yes. Scandaval. It was at the White House. Correspondence dinner. Talked about that there. So, yeah, dude. Ariana talks about in her confessional, this is just a little quote she says about Schwartz in the conversation the other night before. She goes, This guy that I haven't spoken to in months is going to be the authority on what I think and feel, just like a man. She has changed. She's changed forever. Uh, and then Katie talks about some steps they need to take to open up something about her, and I can just hear the comments. And so I don't know if this is even necessary. I don't know if anyone will even care about my two cents on this, but I don't like that people are serious. It's like just cheap shit to say. Like, oh, they're pretending they're opening up a sandwich shop so that they can sell merch, or this is just a front for filming or something. That is so ludicrous because they have had to apply for permits. They have had to jump through hoops. You can't just open. They could have, if they really wanted a spot just to film in, they could have made that. Their lives would have been a whole lot easier. 
they didn't they didn't need to get permits or anything like that. They could have probably just opened up I don't even know, just pay the rent. That's all that matters. So why are people making these comments? Why would they want to not be making money on a property that they are renting and spending money on and bleeding money on? Like no, it's going to be successful once it's finally able to open. That street in particular is going through all kinds of annoying shit because they're whatever. It's very West Hollywood loves to redo streets. Honestly, when I lived there, I remember thinking to myself, my God, these streets are amazing. Like they are so clean and the pavement and the asphalt, everything's so nice. Two weeks later, they were doing work on them. And I was like, for what? There is literally nothing wrong. But West Hollywood actually ends up in a surplus, I think, sometimes with their budget. Because West Hollywood is its own little thing. Like they have West Hollywood Police Department. Like West Hollywood's its own little tiny pocket. Uh, and so they they do well over in WeHo. And they just, for fun, they're like, let's just change it. I don't know. So uh, that's that's my little rant. Like stop stop bugging them about it. Ask the city, ask the county, ask the stupid permit people. But okay, here's the scene. Lala and Sheena, they go to Villa Rosa and Lisa, I just, I don't know what else to say about this. It felt manipulative. It felt like a lot of responsibility to be putting on these women. And what's sad is it's, okay, so she 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 starts in her mother voice. They're not falling for it at first. She's like, I just want to talk about Tom. You're not going to like it, but he's struggling. She's like, I'm doing the voice I do when things are really sad, you know? Ugh. But Sheena's not here for it at first. And I was like, yes, Sheena, that's right. You tell her. She's like, no, Tom is diving into this villain role and I'm not interested. He can humble himself and get a therapist. And Lisa, maybe he's angry, he's upset, he doesn't know what he's doing. And Lala goes, no, he's doubling down. What did he say last night? The narcissist thing. And then Lala goes off about something that he had said. He's talking about her in the press. And she goes, look, I know I should ask more questions. I've owned up to what what I've done. Not totally, but there you go. And Lisa goes, have I held that against you? And Lala goes, no, but he has. So now they've both come in, Lala and Sheena, with their feelings on it, what he's done to them, the way he's made them feel with his actions and his words. And Lisa's like, oh, guys, but he's struggling. And that's what I don't get. They, what about their feelings? What about because he said the S word? And by the way, the conversation that he had with Lisa wasn't him going, I'm just so sad. I've hurt people I love. I miss everyone. I know I fucked up. I'm just so low. No, it was him yelling about Sheena doing the podcast with Nima and talking about her, whatever. And then Lisa's like, okay, 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 calm down. He's like, no, I'm not going to calm down. You're attacking me. And she's like, I'm not attacking you. He's like, yes, you are. And she's like, show some remorse. And he's like, I am. You don't think I battled with suicide? And that's all it took. Everything stopped. And when she said, when Lisa said, no, I asked you after the reunion, I called you to check on you and you promised me, He meaning that means to me he remembered how much that mattered to her. 
and it feels manipulative. It feels like he weaponized it. I didn't really fully want to say that last week, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I'm sorry. I've I've struggled with suicide ideation throughout the years, and I've never thrown it in someone's face because I don't think a lot of people talk about it. When you are going to those places in your head, it's just not something you want to discuss. And if you do discuss it, it's very delicate. And I know everybody's different, but his felt very manipulative and just like he weaponized it. For someone who we knew was, this topic was so big for Lisa, especially. That's also why I feel like super manipulative. But, um, and Lala gives an example of something Tom had said in the press and something how, I don't know, whatever. And Lisa just goes, that's it? What has James said about you before? Oh, Lala's, Lala's like, I can forgive people who acknowledge what they've done. He won't acknowledge it. He thinks he's done. He thinks he's still the victim. But then Lisa gives this very mother goose impassioned speech about his mental health and depression and suicide, which affects them, of course, makes them cry. And Sheena very quickly shows a sign of wanting to be his friend again. Um, She says something about reaching out. She's like, but is it worth losing Ariana? And Lisa says something like, don't be a people pleaser. Do what you want in your gut. Okay. I also think, Sheena, why do you like Tom? You've been talking about Tom nonstop and how he's hurt you and how he affected you. And now she, uh, Lisa says that he's got suicidal thoughts and done. Over it. Now I want to be his friend again. Now, mind you, I don't think that's really what Sheena meant. I think maybe she... Um, because we see a lot of stuff in the trailer we see we haven't seen yet but we see them fighting with Tom we see Lala calling him terrifying or dangerous or something um and Sheena's yelling at him i think that's who she's yelling at at one point so i know there's a lot of season to go and a lot of episodes to go um but we'll get into the after show in a second we'll get we'll get to the after show at the end of this cuz there's the after show then also Sheena in her confessional in this scene, she says something like, Ariana made it clear that she was not to, no one was to be friends with him if they wanted to be friends with her. Um, but I also was friends with Tom. And so I also want to make sure he's okay. It's like, ah, got it. So you're putting this on Ariana now. Ariana is now responsible for his poor mental state. What about her mental state? But I guess she's fine. She's okay. She's over it. Let's stop worrying about Ariana. Got it. Cool. <laughs> okay. Ugh. It was it was a pretty grody conversation. Uh, okay, James's pool party. Schwartz brings a third plant. Like that's kind of rude. Like I don't want to take care of this many plants, dude. You know. Also, having cats. By the way, my my cats they look at pl- uh, live plants as the enemy. They will attack. So Schwartz. Schwartz gives some confessional about the night before with the women coming for him. And he says, you know, I'm Tom Schwartz. I'm not an accessory to this affair. I'm so much more than that. You're literally an accessory to the affair, though. You realize that, Tom. Right? Like, you were an accessory to the affair. And on Watch What Happens Live, it was so weird. So I think it was, was it the after show? It was the after show. There was a viewer question And it was, so what do you have to say to Rachel saying that you knew about the affair from like the beginning? 
And Schwartz goes, yeah, wow. I mean, like I said, I, I knew, I didn't know, but even if I didn't know, I knew. And that's all he says. What, sir? What? What are you talking about? And Andy even goes, okay. Watch what happens live was weird. Andy was weird. In the after show, Andy also is like, because Schwartz plays up that he needs to like, you know, he, he basically always loves that he needs coaching. He likes that because if he's in the state of needing coaching, then he's not responsible for himself. But I'm like, you're a grown man. Stop already. And Andy has to like snap him out of it a couple times. Like, what, sit up, be a man. Stop being all sheepish. What are you doing? And then at the end of the after show, he's like, I want you to bulk up. I want you to get big arms. I want you to come in here. I want you to be. And I'm like, God, imagine he said that to a woman, not the same, like imagine the equivalent. Like, I want you to get hot. I want you to get slimmed down and toned. It's like, shut the fuck up. But Schwartz wasn't, I guess Schwartz wasn't upset about it, but it's also just uncomfortable too. Like, I don't even like Schwartz. And I'm like, don't tell him what to do with his body. That's weird. But that's so Andy. Andy is just <laughs> toxic old, older gay. So it happens. But anyway. James made these cute little – he had these floaties for the pool, and he made a something about her storefront on it. Like, then that's that's supportive. That's people supporting people, okay? Friends supporting friends. Meanwhile, Tom and Billy go to some place, like a cold plunge place. Is that what it is? Um, I think. I don't know. Whatever. Lala, though, at the party, she talks to Allie about James not drinking, and she's – Asking if he had a rock bottom moment, like something that got him sober. And for some reason, Lala, like want, like she loves a rock bottom moment. Like what was the moment that got you there? It's very AA of her. Um, and I'm not going to try to talk shit about AA. I think AA has done what it needs to do for a lot of people. But the toxic side of AA is that you kind of – people do become like armchair um, experts. Is that the word I'm looking for? Where they think they're therapists, but they're not totally therapists. And not everyone's journey is the same. Not everybody needs to have that bottom moment where they're never going to drink again. And him still smoking weed makes him like, I'm not going to be going to meetings and talking, whatever, because someone's going to tell me to stop drinking. Um, and you don't always need steps. I mean, I know you should work. The, the concept of working the steps is not bad because it's kind of there. It's therapy, essentially. But like, then get therapy if you need that. But like, the way the way Lala thinks she and she's always referring to James as dry because he's not working a program. That's very, very AA. I remember when I was in AA, I would say that I'm like, oh, they're just dry. They don't work a program. Um, but um, yeah, I've also, by the way, like I've had people ask me if I'm sober. They're like, oh, you've been sober. I've never once said I'm sober. Because I know what so sober is a different thing. I still smoke weed and um, I would probably do mushrooms. I don't know. I really don't like mushrooms. But like I'm not sober. I just don't drink. So I will, I'll take – I'm dry. I don't know. I'm, I say I'm just – I'm alcohol-free, booze-free. Um, but there's just – there's other ways to accomplish that without the AA route. And I do feel like the AA route can get a little um, – there's a little bit of pressure there. I don't know. At least from Lala. And Lala would. Lala got sober young. Lala was very young. People who get sober at a young age, that's a very specific type of energy that they can get. And she's she doesn't feel comfortable asking him about it. And then they cut over to James chugging one of those weed drinks. So I'm like, why? 
Why are you chugging that? But that James doesn't know how to break out of that habit yet. Lala then talks to Schwartz. This was so bizarre. Like I get, I get wanting to drop your guard, but the the full 180 in this conversation, um, while I agree that she should work on not getting so angry and triggered, like she says, I can't go from machetes or crying in the fetal position. There's got to be a middle ground. Yes, I agree with that. Um, but then she, I don't know, she indulges Schwartz a little too much with the Ariana stuff, which tells me that she's coming to this season jealous, you know? She's she Schwartz says there was a moment with Ariana where she looked at me like I was subhuman and she's been exalted to this queen status. And Lala goes, put on a pedestal. And Schwartz says, or diva energy, as opposed to someone who's hurt, someone who's been hurt. That was triggering, he says. And Lala goes, of course. And I thought you handled yourself well. What? What's happening? I mean, he didn't handle himself bad. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say he handled himself bad, but he also then said, You're not the queen of the group to Ariana. And she responded savagely. And honestly, like I could watch them go back and forth a little bit. I think I could handle more of some real authentic fighting between those between the cast as opposed to what's happening, which is like all tense and weird. No one knows what to say. But Ari, but Lala, like, what are you doing? I, I don't know. I I Schwartz doesn't sudden isn't suddenly a good guy because you had this conversation with Lisa about Tom Sandoval. Like Schwartz is also Katie's ex-husband. So and he treated her like shit. So like what is happening here? I didn't expect her to go that far to the other side. She's like, I, you know, I I was a little triggered when you were talking about my her ego, because I was like, oh, you're coming for my ego. But, you know, I'm working on not being a dog in everyone's fight. And Schwartz is eating this up. Schwartz loves shit like this. He loves being told he's okay by another woman. <laughs> Long sorry for yelling at you. He's like, oh, it's okay, man. It's okay. Okay, but you did sh- uh, uh, this season is so weird. Let's see what else happens. Uh, Lala then explains that she wasn't telling him to abandon Tom Sandoval. Yes, you were. It's just that I see you trying to please everybody, and it's such an amazing quality, but this is how my dad was. Everyone loved him. He just hated conflict so much, and people bulldozed over him, and the stress of it all killed my dad. Oh. So I just want you to be two things at once. I want you to still be there for him, but you can also be looking out for you. It's just such a stark contrast to the night before, you know, and and the way Lala talks, it's so matter of fact, it's so all or nothing that it's like, now you're saying that you didn't want him to abandon. I don't know. I don't know. And Schwartz, of course, loves this, loves this, um, giving her all the praise. He apologizes for the lips comment the night before. Lala is like, I'm sorry. I, you, I, you needed grace last year and I wasn't giving you grace last year for what you're going through. And I'm, and I'm looking at this going, okay, okay, hold on. Lala was screaming at Schwartz. Schwartz is screaming back. Oh, get your lips taken care of, whatever. But he was going through something. So he should have some grace. What is Ariana doing that's making you guys say she's being put up on a pedestal and she's the queen? What is she doing? She's not lashing out. She's not angry. But because what is she doing exactly that's making you guys not like her? Literally, I'm I'm genuinely asking. Because you two are like, oh, we should give each other grace. Well, what the fuck? 
what's happening with Ariana? So, well, you know, but I guess you guys didn't get grace in the moment. Lala, though, demanded grace for her the season with her dad. She demanded grace. She was a nightmare. But it was, I'm going through shit. I got to do what I got to do. Deal with it. So now, what's Ariana going through? But you guys are already like, get over it. Because she's not screaming at people and because she's not crying and bawling her eyes out, she doesn't get any grace, apparently. Okay, cool. Lala's one of those people where she's a lot of energy, good or bad. And when she turns her good towards you, there's like nothing like it. So you just forget everything. I feel like they're all kind of like that now that I think about it. No, no not Sheena. Not Sheena. <laughs> I have been wardrobely challenged for the last, I would say, 10 years, honestly. But I didn't like the way I looked in clothes. I hated shopping. So when it was time to purchase clothes to wear out in public and be a normal functioning human being, I was overwhelmed. It's a big costly endeavor, you see. But then Quince came along and sponsored the pod. Now I've been able to shop for luxury essentials and stay on budget. Like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50. Yes, please. Organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They do that by partnering directly with top factories. So they cut out the cost of the middleman and they pass those savings on to us. And very important, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. We love that. Best pair of yoga pants I've ever purchased. And I've purchased every big brand of yoga pants in the search for the best one. And I have to say Quince's the best. They hold my butt up perfectly. They're not see-through. Oh, I love those pants. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash she speaks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she speaks to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she speaks. Okay, back to the the cold plunge place. Into me see is the name of it. And Tom is all feeling good. And Billy literally stares longingly at him. He's like, good, you deserve to feel good. Then there's a beat of her still just kind of staring at him. And then she asks so awkwardly, so are you thinking about dating? Like she can't even look at him. And she also can't make eye contact. When she says it though, she's like, so are you thinking about dating? And she kind of like looks around. Girl. But he claims that he's still hung up on Rachel and says he's saving himself for Rachel. And then Billy does all the shit that he wants. The world is hating on you so much. And I'm just tired of it. I wish people would know how much you are hurting. I really thought we could have lost you. Got it. Okay. He thought maybe the best, this was something he thought, maybe the best way to show people that I am sorry is just to go away. Yeah. Okay. I, I, that's, that mentality makes sense, but it also still is like not facing up to what you did. I mean, I know he thinks he has. I know in his mind he's like, but I did. No, you didn't really, dude. Not really. No, you weren't sad. Your actions did not reflect that. Your actions did not reflect the words that you tried to say at the reunion because we already knew that you were being an asshole to Ariana and her friends when, she, when they were over there comforting her. You were like, eh, okay, coming in yelling at them. And then at the reunion, you're like, I'm just happy that everyone was there for her and being there to protect her. And, you know, she's like, bullshit. Fuck you. No. 
Like he's he's been mad from the second it happened. Like he was mad at her when she found the video. He was mad at her. So he just does all this shit for cameras. This is where I'm 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 coming to this conclusion. He's doing it for the cameras. Okay. All right, back to the pool party. Now Sheena's in the pool with Katie and Ariana talking about the conversation with Lisa. And I am like, oh no, this is not because it it's so clear that her intention was to throw this out there and have Ariana go, Oh, if you if you want to reach out, that's fine. Huh? And Ariana's not having any of it. She sees right through him. She's like, Tom and Lisa's brother are very different people. They're not the same thing. And also, I'm right there with Ariana. She's like, what is ease up? Like, what? What am I supposed to do? Go on my Instagram stories and be like, guys, be nice to my ex-boyfriend, even though he did all these things. Not happening. True. Like, what did Lisa, what do you, that is what Lisa's kind of hoping that she will do. You're doing so well, Ariana. Why don't you do it? Why don't you just say, ease up? No. No. <laughs> He continues to be his own worst enemy. He continues to do that New York Times article and say something so fucking ridiculously out of line during Black History Month of all the months. Granted, this was all interviewed. I think he was interviewed back in December of last year, maybe even November. So he said it back then. But still, the fact that he thought George Floyd and I are the same You know, like that level. No, (laughs) what? Not the same at all. And the fact that your brain goes there is the problem. Okay. Um, But Sheena fucking cries. He was such a good friend to me. And Ariana, it wasn't genuine. As soon as he starts getting invited to parties again, he's going to be like, great, that's what I wanted. Everything that comes out of his mouth is manipulation. And Sheena's like, "Mm." and okay, I'll go into the after show now. In the after show, Sheena's like, nobody was asking me, why is this affecting you so much? Why are you so hurt? I'm here crying. And I wanted to say, you always cry, Sheena. (laughs) You cry a lot. A lot. So I'll go further into it. The after show was its own. Okay, the next day, James goes to Lala's and she wants to know why James got sober. But she's very, she's like, you don't have to tell me. But he got in a huge fight with Allie and stayed at her friend's house. She went, she left, took the cats, took the cats, and he came home, saw that she was gone, and that's when he said, I'm not going to drink anymore. But he's doing it for him. And I really can, t- I can tell that James, you know, it, it doesn't feel, I don't know, it doesn't feel inauthentic. It doesn't feel wishy-washy. It feels like, he you know, he says, this is forever. I don't think I'm ever going to drink again. And he even says, he goes, I saw the gifts that I got from not drinking and I'm getting them again. So it it is important. Now, two T's, Tamara and Teddy, they talked about a night that they had with James and Allie. And they said it was so horrible. They were in a car together and they start, James and Allie started fighting and it got so bad they had to pull the car over and um, they were scared, blah, blah, blah. But then Allie went on Sheena's podcast and it's like, that did not happen. We did, I wasn't in danger. It was just a bad fight, but I wasn't in danger. And I think it's pretty clear that with those two, drinking is the only thing that – not the only thing. That's stupid. Drinking is the thing that creates conflict in their relationship. That was evident because she met him. He was sober. He started drinking into the relationship and every, everything sort of shifted. And so – 
he gets this girl that he that he's so head over head over heels for. He starts drinking, stuff starts happening, things start going wrong, and he almost loses her. And then he's like, "Whoa, I gotta stop." I don't know what to believe between the Tamras and Teddies and James and Allies and all that. I don't know. There's maybe something in the middle that really happened. You know, the truth is kind of somewhere in between the two. Um. I addressed the James abuse allegations on last week's weekly wrap-up with Kendrick, but I'll address them again here because I feel like it pertains to this. So Kristen has still not said exactly what it is, right? She has only validated that – well, not validated. All she has said is uh, on her podcast, her boyfriend – or fiancé? I can't remember. Her boyfriend said something about these alleged – uh, abuse allegations or these alleged whatever against James. And Kristen just said, not alleged, and I'll be talking about it more later. But she, she also said she was going to talk about it more later, like a year ago, if not longer. And so she keeps dropping these vague hints and not telling the full story. And I have a little insider info that what Kristen is doing with the James stuff is actually creating a bit of a rift between her and Ariana and her um, – well, I think just Ariana. Um, because I, this is what I said a couple weeks ago. I just have a – I have a very hard time believing that Katie and Ariana – Katie especially because Katie has never given a fuck about politics or popularity. If she doesn't like somebody, she doesn't like somebody. But I can't see the two of those women being cool with the man who is a known abuser. And Allie, of course, says nothing like that's happened. Um, And I feel like in the relationship with Kristen and James, there was a lot of dysfunction and nasty horribleness, just awful. So I, I don't know what she's alleging. I don't know if it's I just can't – I don't see Kristen being that person who's getting beaten at night and hiding it. I see them having volatile arguments and like how she punched him at Sheena's wedding. I see like that sort of stuff getting kind of normalized in a relationship and maybe – I don't know. I don't know, but she won't say it. And so I don't want to jump on that bandwagon or or start proclaiming that this is a fact because she's being a little bit irresponsible about it. Just – Please, please, please say it because I am so down to not be here for James. But she hasn't talked to James or known James in years, years. So this is all stuff from when you all were crazy. All It's all that. And I don't think anyone will say that he was good to you. I think we all dragged him to filth for the way he treated you. I did at least. And I have. And like I said, I, I'll do it again. I just don't. It's, I don't know how, I don't know what to comment on. With Tom, it's right in front of my face. Tom, I'm, I'm like quoting Tom and then responding to that. So I don't want to ignore these allegations, but I don't know what they are. So that's my two cents on it. Okay, back to this. Uh, Joe is cutting Schwartz's hair. We get a Joe sighting. Joe is now mic'd up and, and filming, um, Schwartz has the nerve to say, let me clear this up. But then he really doesn't clear it up. He says that she's, he doesn't know what to call her, a light in his life. Very clear. Thank you. And people thought she was living with me. She was never living with me. Did she stay a lot? Yeah, she did. 
we had a bit of a whirlwind romance, but now we're just friends. I'm like, wow, you really skirted over the whirlwind romance part because that was the issue, right? Like she was friends with Katie in the group and then she jumped on that right away. That was the problem, but he really skirts over that. So thanks for clearing that up, dude. Tom Sandoval comes over and Schwartz with Joe talks to him about how maybe he should handle the group trip. And he suggests ways he could apologize to Lala. And Sandoval says, oh yeah, I'm sorry that I gave you so much content for your podcast. I'm sorry about all that merch you sold. For them not to understand what they did, they showed the world how to treat us. Huh? I don't really know. I mean, kind of? Hmm. I don't know. I think you guys kind of did that for yourselves. You're really taking a lot of responsibility, again, off of you and putting it onto other people as if your own behavior didn't cause this. Uh, And Schwartz is like, oh, man, this energy is not going to serve you well. And he's like, there was an energy shift at this last party. Lisa talked to them. And Sandoval's like, uh, I don't plan on being nice. Sandoval is not, that's what's so fucking upsetting about Lisa doing this with Sheena and Lala, is that she has given them this impression that he was like, I'm so depressed. I'm thinking about suicide. That's not what happened. So they're like, oh, maybe he's ready to apologize and maybe we're all ready to drop it. You just talked to him the night before, Sheena, and how was he? Did he seem super sad? No, he seemed mad and not remorseful. He thought he was going to be able to just talk to you and tell you it looked like Shania Twain in a music video and that you're going to be like, okay, we're friends. So I don't understand. I don't get it. Uh, Tori comes over to watch Summer uh, because Brock and uh, Sheena are going to go to dinner. And it's a whole thing. She also had to have her sister Courtney come over. And Brock is like, I'm going to actually kill everybody. Because Sheena is so stressed out and he is, he's not here for that. Not at all. No. So they go to dinner at Beach and Brew, which looked cute, a little West Side hang. And Sheena talks to them about the conversation she had with Lisa um, and the similarities between like him and her brother and blah, blah, blah. And I was actually surprised that Brock said, I don't think it was cool to put that on Sheena. And I was like, good. Okay, I'm glad somebody is saying that in the moment because that was really fucked up. Like you you, you said basically, if they don't stop, he could kill himself. That's fucked up. So, and, every, and it's putting everyone in an uncomfortable position. She, uh, Allie, James, they're like, I guess I don't really want to have to go there and deal with him. And Allie's like, he's never done anything to me, but it's just, ugh. This is where they needed to try a whole new season. Uh, try a whole new format, even just for now. Figure it out, guys. Look at the look at the schedule. What can you do? Pull more of Tom's people into the into the fold so that you can interview them, talk to them. I don't know, but like making them do this, making them all film together, it was just insensitive. And even Andy in the um, Watch What Happens Live. Every time it's a Vanderpump episode and they do a poll, you know, like, should they forgive Tom or should they move on from Tom? Andy's always hoping it goes in Tom's favor because Andy was one of the people over at the Bravo, in the Bravo world 
that very clearly switched the narrative on us. They were pushing and pushing the drama. Oh, I've never seen a reunion like that. Like all that kind of shit. And Andy was even commenting on Rachel and her stuff, whatever. Then when the season was gearing up to film, the 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 sound bites in, from press interviews very much changed. And it was like, it's time to move on. I think we're ready to move on. I think Tom's sorry. Very much like that. And they they underestimated our emotional attachment to what happened. And they thought that we'd be like, yeah, get over it, Ariana. Like, they really made Ariana the bad guy, in my opinion. I feel like the calls from the the producers, like their, you know, the field producers and the network and whoever had to be feeling that, I'm sure it was like, fucking Ariana isn't budging. She is just not letting this go. Like, get over it. We've all been, they've all been through things. It's so fucked up. I swear that's what's happening. It's so different. This went on for so long, right in front of her face. She had no idea. God, I can't. Okay, the end is James getting Graham back, who is now hippie. And it's very sweet. And James cries. And it's adorable. But okay, the after show. The fucking after show, you guys. Okay. Um, I don't think I put the producer prompt. Uh, but I th- the prompt was... This whole thing with Sandoval and what Lisa talked to you guys about, et cetera. That's the prompt. And Lala does say, I didn't want Lisa to place the mental health, the mental state of someone on us. However, then your brain goes to the other thing. It's like, but if he were to do this and I have this information, what do I do? So Sheena discusses how she lost a friend to suicide and they had actually reached out saying that they were depressed and her response was, maybe you should look at your choices. So when Lisa said that about Tom, she was like, oh my God, now I feel responsible in a way. And she didn't want to feel responsible, but you know. Ariana, though, thank God she points out, well, he brought up my own suicidal ideation on Howie's podcast. He went on Howie's podcast Howie's podcast and talked about stuff that I said in therapy. <laughs> she said she would kill herself. She said she would ugh, whatever. So when it happens to me, I don't see a huge uproar, but she Ariana doesn't handle things like Tom. So yeah, let's discuss that a little bit. Uh, he went on and talked about her fucking suicidal thoughts. God damn it. Where was the outrage? Lisa, where was the outrage? Lisa, Lisa does not know how to have outrage when it comes to Tom. She, oh God, he didn't mean, has she, I don't think she said anything about what he said about George Floyd and that. I don't think she's even made a comment. I haven't looked though, honestly. I have no, ex, I have no expectations of Lisa. So even if she were, it would be like, oh, he was, we don't mean that. But by the way, when the Black Lives Matter thing got big from George Floyd, she did not say black in her statement. She never said the word black. We have people who work in our restaurants from all walks of life, from all parts of the world. It was that. That was it. So. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Uh, Okay, the producer prompt. Sheena, you talked to Katie and Ariana about your conversation with Lisa. 
And Sheena goes, this is just why there are certain people you open up to and certain people I don't want to because of responses like that. I'm trying to say that this conversation is weighing heavy on me. And instead of them seeing my feelings and that it's bringing up something else because I lost someone to suicide years ago, it was just like, well, that's not fair that she did that to you. Okay. I'm so sorry. You got to know who you're going to here. Okay. If you are going to Ariana and basically, what are you expecting her to say? Oh, go, go reach out to him. No. Go talk to Lala about it. Talk to Lala, work through it, but you're not going to get, and Ariana says, you know, it's sad to miss someone, by the way, who said they don't give a fuck about you, but just take me out of it. He was a vocal supporter of the most traumatic thing Lisa claimed, or Sheena claimed she went through, which was the restraining order. And it's just sad that you still want to seek out validation and approval from him, but Please work through what you got to work through, talk to him, whatever you got to do, but don't come asking for my approval. I'm not going to give you that. I'm still hurt. This man hurt her so much. And Sheena expected Ariana in that moment to go, oh, okay. I mean, I get if you have to talk to him. No, she was like, this is bullshit. She saw through it. She saw what Tom was doing was like, wow, fully manipulating. And she was like, fuck that. No. Sheena then says this that this was Sandoval, one of my best friends. And Lala backs her up and, and asks, who did you know first? Uh, and of course, I, Sandoval. And James is like, okay, I mean, come on. Like, you, like, is this really happening? And Lala goes to bat for Sheena because it wasn't like this and this and they weren't friends and whatever. And Sheena's like, and that's what people aren't understanding. <laughs> They're like, if you fuck over my best friend, then you're dead to me. But that was my best friend fucking over my best friend. Sheena, we have watched you be mad at him. He's treated you like shit. He has, yes, he's apologized. But what's happening right now? Have you forgotten all the stuff that Tom is? What do you want to be friends with Tom for? What do you want? What do you want from that? And James like, okay, hold on. I, I can hear people saying if we flipped it and like you and Brock were to break up, I know what you're going to say. Well, Ariana was never friends with Brock. But in this hypothetical situation, let's just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say they did have a history. Let's say your man, they did have a history. They worked at Villa Blanca together for a year, which is so great that he mocked that. Like, oh, yes, that that makes the friendship so much more vital. But then what would you, would you be cool with them hanging out? Lala gets crazy. She gets crazy. She goes, if you think, James, that every single one of us haven't put ourselves in Ariana's position, you're out of your goddamn mind. The difference here is you don't get to roll up on people and tell them you don't get to kick it with Tom Sandoval, but I'm going to go home where he sleeps. I sleep down the hall. It don't work that way. Then she goes, could you imagine if I said to Schwartz, how dare you play pickleball with my ex? And I still lived in the house. Are you kidding me? Everyone would call me out on it. What? You think they're you think they're hanging out in the house? You think they're like having secret dinners and rendezvous? Have you not? You don't listen to Ariana, clearly. You do not pay attention when she talks. Because she has said it numerous times. We know. She said it over and over again. We don't talk. We have a mediator. How many times does she need to say that? Huh? You're what is this? Lala? What is it? James, though, he seriously tries to explain that they live separately. It's not that. Suck my dick, James. He just goes, that's not very nice. 
Then Lala gives a whole speech about how Sheena went through something and it's been internal conflict and no one gives her any grace. Of course, Sheena's like, thank you. Okay, so she ha- so Sheena's got like her enabler now. Out of Lala, like the relationship they have. Like I just, Lala, what the fuck is wrong with you? How do you not realize your hypocrisy? You demanded they all cut Randall off. Yes, you weren't living there, you know the situation. I'm so sorry that these situations are different slightly, but it's the same situation. You didn't want anyone associated with your ex. So. Mm. Producer prompt about the Lala Schwartz heart to heart at the pool party. Um, Lala says that it stems from him going through stuff and she wanted grace when she was going through stuff. So that's why she gave him some grace. And Schwartz says that he has some resentment, actually. He's like, you know, I'm glad we had that we made up. But, like, I do have a little resentment in hindsight for people telling me to cut off Sandoval. But, like, I also understand where they were coming from. And Sandoval goes, do you? I mean, cut off your best friend? I would never abandon you over shit like this. Of course you wouldn't, dude, because you've done it now. I don't – I kind of – I don't know. Actually, no, I don't think – I actually don't think Sandoval would abandon Schwartz if Schwartz did something like this. I don't really think there's ever an equivalent to it because it's just so specific what what Tom Sandoval did. Um, but Tom Sandoval also put Schwartz in a shitty position as well by making him lie and cover up and, you know, not listening when he was like, stop coming over here. Don't make my house like the house. And he was like, oh, sure. So I don't know. But Lala just – it's so bizarre how much she just drops it. Like you watched him treat Katie like shit. Like, I think it's fair. Like, be with the girlies. But she clearly has some issues with Ariana and Katie. And we'll see it play out. Because she has said in this very after show, not this particular one, but maybe last week, that the people who don't ask, people who ask the least questions about how she's doing are Tom, Ariana, and Katie. I'm like, Schwartz asks? When is Schwartz reaching out to you, asking how you're doing? And aren't you friends with Katie? I don't know. This is group dynamic is very confusing at this point. Um, I think we, I think I forget that, you know, this cast has always been a group of pretty terrible people mixed together, all being terrible. Uh, and so now we're in a weird position because now it's like really heavy with Tom throwing suicide in Lisa's face and then Lisa taking it and running with it and the, the fallout from that. Oh, it does feel so icky, doesn't it? It's like, ick, get it off my body. Don't like it. Ick. Um, they, the, the Graham situation comes up at the after show. And I was surprised Sandoval and Schwartz really lean into how bad it looked for Graham to end up in a shelter about to be euthanized. Like they really vilify her. And I don't really c- care for her either. I cannot listen to her podcast. I've tried to go back and listen for the sake of my show to t- talk to you guys about it, but I can't. Yeah, I just it's it's not necessary. It's kind of the same thing over and over again at this point. And Tom's just going to keep lying and denying shit. But they both really are willing to vilify her. Like when they said that they were surprised she didn't, she should have come back. That whole thing, she should have come back. You know, that's what we do. That's what we do. There are other Bravo stars. That's what we do on Bravo type of thing. Like trying to shame her, like she's not enough of a reality star or something. She's not, by the way. She's not a good reality star. Not good for her at all. But they, I, I just was kind of. I'm surprised, I'm grossed out by that, actually. These two men who are willing to talk all this shit. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's such an uncomfortable position. And now that Tom Sandoval has said this shit in the New York Times, I don't know if you guys saw, but he's also got some, I don't remember the magazine. Um, 
some weird let me find it oh no it's already gone he's doing some cake tasting for some for some uh i don't even understand it like his pr person he has some crisis pr person it's talked about in the new york times article and i don't know what they came up with but i don't i have no idea what the plan is for tom I think they keep hoping Tom won't be Tom. And then Tom shows up and it's Tom. And they're like, never mind. That didn't, that doesn't, that didn't work. We didn't like that. Um, God, this season. Yuck. Yuck all around. Fucking sucks for Ariana. I'm sorry. I know people are like, fuck her. I, I see the comments. I see that, you know, it's almost 50-50 sometimes. The comments that just hate Ariana. I'm over her. I'm done with her. And it's tough because a lot has happened since they started filming this season. Like, like Dancing with the Stars happened, and then now Chicago. And she's kind of she has been everywhere. So people are living in that place as opposed to watching. This is what we're watching is like a documentary of that time period. So much changes during these sorts of times in people's lives. So we're watching like a time capsule from a while ago now. So much has changed, but they're like, Ariana, get over it. It's like, okay, but at the time it was, it wasn't the same thing. So ugh, yuck, right? Ick. It's hard to even find humor in it. It's just, it's all gross. And I blame Lisa, to be honest. Lisa should not be heading this in the way she's heading this at all. Not, not, but she's always going to stick up for the bad guys. She, oh, she does it all the time. So, all right. Well, I'm going to go now, okay? Because I'm in an, I'm in an icky mood after this. But uh, love you guys, mean it. And I don't think I talked about it yet. I want to talk about my schedule for next week. I'm going to talk about it on every episode this week so that no one misses it. I... I'm going to, it's my birthday next Tuesday, the 27th. Um, and so I'll be at dinner Tuesday night, but I will give you guys a new Vanderpump Rules episode next week. But after that, Beverly Hills, Miami, and the two lives that I do on the weekends now are going to not happen because I'll be out of town for my birthday. I'm going to be going to Salt Lake City with a friend and do a little like Real Housewives of Salt Lake City tour of the place, you know, silly stuff. But um, I was going to record from there. I was going to bring my stuff and set up and do a live from Salt Lake City, but I need to work on having some work-life balance. And I'll probably be making content and stuff still. I'm sure I'm still going to watch the shows that come on and I'll have thoughts, but no episodes for Beverly Hills, Miami, or for um, the Traders Drag Race live recap or the weekly wrap-up because I will be in Salt Lake City until the following Monday. Okay? All right, guys. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to She's Speaking with Emily Hanks. This show is produced, hosted, and edited by me, Emily, and brought to you in partnership with Cloud10 Media. If you are looking for bonus content, check out the Patreon. The link is in the description. To show some support, you can hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Another free way to support the pod, please rate and or review on whatever platform you listen. It's free and it helps the algorithm or something. You can also head to buymeacoffee.com slash she speaks and buy me a coffee or two. Make sure you're following me on all social medias. I am She's Speaking with Emily Hanks across all platforms, threads, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. That's it. Thank you guys. See you soon.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.